Hey, it's Jenna, and this is the At Home Tarot Podcast, where we're building a home within ourselves, one daily spiritual practice at a time. If you're a returning listener, now's a really good time to head to the podcast page of Apple or Spotify and leave your five-star review. Good morning. So good to be here on another um, reading episode, self-abandonment and self-returning episode here. So thank you. Thank you for joining me here at home. I'm sitting here. I have our cards for the day. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. And I did sleep in today and it just continues to be glorious. <laughs> um, yeah. That's where I'm at today. Just just had a loungy morning and had to sit with our cards a little while. I actually did pull our cards yesterday. I do try to remember because I do find the readings when I have space to be with them. Um, show me something uh, about maybe how that's going to be interpreted. Uh, because the cards, while they hold similar themes depending on what the question was, depending on what the intent was, depending on what area of life we are applying this to, there are subtle shifts. And of course, two cards together, just like two people together, really influence each other in different ways. And their essence stay the same. But when they merge, they kind of create this dynamic that's very uh, unique to them. And so um, I've been sitting with our cards. So let's actually just get right into it. Um, before we start, just check in on what you're experiencing right now. And I want you to check two things today. What are you hoping to gain from this, this episode by turning this on? And this could be as simple as it's just a podcast I listened to and I was just trying to fill the space while I did dishes or I did this and in so, you know, add a little noise to my morning, add a little conversation to my morning. Um, while others of you may be checking in and seeing if there was a moment for you going, I hope this clears something up for me. I hope this offers me X, Y, Z and we often go straight from that into doing something and we don't always pause long enough to notice why we're doing something. One of the things that I think is beautiful about creating a spiritual center in yourself where your spirit, your heart is centered so that you can be that individual who connects out in your relationship even more. You know, you're really safe and stable to connect. I think one of the things that is the most worthy work we have is to pause before we jump in with the reaction or response. And people think the difference between reaction and response is that you figured out a nice way to say it. I've seen this happen. And they're like, they take a pause to figure out, you know, how can I say this in a nice way? And I got caught here too. And sometimes we're doing that, of course, because some things need to be said. Absolutely, some things need to be said. 
Other times, though, we forget that our pause to respond or react is to ask ourselves if what we're feeling is this other person's business and not in the way that they don't, people don't care. People care how you feel in response to them. But an example I will give you is that sometimes, this is a really silly one, sometimes my partner will um, choose with a little bit of free time to do something I judge as frivolous. Oh, actually, I have a better one. <laughs> I was thinking of one, but I have a better one. So I came home and um, I had cleaned the house. And um, my my partner had brought something in and put it on the floor. And for me, that was really hard because I just cleaned up. And um, this was something that had a better spot for it. And it was just kind of chucked on the floor. And um, one of the things I have to do is remember that my emotional reaction to that is he doesn't care, he didn't notice, and now my peace is gone. You know, this bothers me that there's something on the floor. And I could react out of that and say, I could pause and say, hey, could you pick that up in a really nice way? But that's still me reacting to those fears. So we can wrap those things up in really great communication, but it's still based on our reactionary fears. And for me, my personal work has been, I don't want to live by those fears. So if I am seeing that as a threat still, and I approach him to remove the threat or stop that threat, I am still being run by my fear. I am just wrapping it up in really great language. And what I've noticed is over time that doesn't matter because there's still me trying to change another person or me trying to change my external circumstances. And so my work is to pause and say to myself, of course he cares. I have so many examples of that. Um, I'm sure he noticed, but he just got home and he's tired and we don't always verbalize things. And three, why does one thing on the floor of my house ruin my peace? Because it's his house too. And I put things down. So can he put things down? And so, uh, this is what I mean. And we're going to talk about this because we have the queen of cups today in self-abandon. And when she's in self-abandon, she's flooded and reactionary, flooded with emotion, flooded with fear, flooded with threat. <clears throat> and in that, it, we become reactionary. And this is a really hard concept. And it took me a very long process to get to where I'm at now and feel the way I feel about things. So I did not, even up to two years ago, I did not see this in myself. That actually, I, you know, that that something so small, like somebody putting something down in a house I cleaned, would set off an emotional reaction in me. 
And it was a threat. It was a threat to my peace. And I had to decide, do I want something so small to be a threat to my peace? Do I want something so small to be a reason I get to sit down and critique my partner or try to change my partner or try to educate my partner? And so with the Queen of Cups in our self-abandon, we get flooded with it. You know, and I think we all know that moment when internally our emotions flood us and we do get into reactionary mode. And, you know, if you're here, I know that you're probably working on being more conscious of yourself. That's, that's probably the reason you're here. No matter where you're at in this particular journey, you're trying to do it. And this isn't about the fact that emotions are bad. So we want to, with the Queen of Cups and self-abandon, we don't want to lose ourselves further by um, scolding ourselves for our emotions um, or denying our emotions or shutting them down. So that's very different. But the flooding and the reactions. That's what we want to work on. And the reason we need to have the space to center our spirit and center our inner self is so that we start to learn the pause, the pause between somebody doing something, life doing something, a stranger doing something, some sort of, you know, your internet does something, that sets off something in us and being able to pause between that happening and you responding. But what are we doing within the pause? Because chances are, I bet you're working on this. Like, I really believe that of you. If you're not, I bet you're like, Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. But chances are, if you're here, you maybe have heard the whole conversation about reacting versus versus responding before. Chances are, I'm assuming my audience are people who might put themselves in the way of some um, emotional intelligence information um, and self-development information and strategies and all that kind of thing. And so it's great to pause what are we doing with the pause? So once we have access to the pause, which we get by being more attentive to real life and being present, we get the pause by meditating because it helps our mind practice pausing. It helps our mind practice going quiet or going internal for a moment um, and not reacting out of our mouth, usually, but also out of our body and things like that. Um, so once we have that pause or we're getting better at pausing, when something activates motion, we don't have to necessarily do it. We don't have to be hypervigilant. Um, the Queen of Cups is definitely not vigilant, even when she's embodied. Um, she doesn't police her herself in that way. Um, but when we pause and we check in, 
What are we doing with that pause? What are we doing with that pause? Are we hearing our emotions, believing our emotions, and then trying to communicate our emotions in a way where another person hears us better or changes their behavior? And if that's there, and this is not to deny that sometimes we have to talk about very serious things, but in my example, my partner putting something on the ground is not a threat. And if that is the hill I'm going to die on, if that is the hill I want to take for battle, then I'm probably taking a lot into battle with him. And if that is the hill we're going to do it on, I know what those relationships end up like. I know what happened when I made everything something to change about someone else. And when we're in reactionary, we're looking for our external world to um, create our own peace. But if we use the pause to actually ask ourselves why we feel threatened, and if this is something we want to act on the threat of, that's when things begin to change. And we have the death card as our self-returning card. And the death card is really interesting because in the Rider-Waite-Smith traditional deck, um, Smith, who um, is, was the, she was the, um, the artist of the deck, it's, it's all her to me, but um, in the death card, which is very Scorpio energy, there is a, a um, skeleton dressed up as a knight on a white horse. And we can actually see two towers in the background with the sun, two pillars, sun's coming up. It's actually like the battle's over. And the only figure out of all four figures in the card that has been, you know, slain down by death is the adult. There's children, there's the spiritual leader who looks kind of like crone energy, old wisdom energy. And so it's only that adult ego part of us that needs to be released so there's something there that needs to go because the child in us is free. In fact, the child in the card doesn't look as much in fear. And the older, the elderly wise person is actually almost in a worship mode. They're in prayer hands. And so they're actually thanking death. And so the young child is not in fear of a lot when we think of the essence of innocence. And the adult is often functioning out of ego. That's usually what this kind of thing represents because it's after the hanged man. And hanged man is an acceptance of our qualities and the way we're doing things, and a full acceptance. And finally, we see the ego in that. When we accept what we truly fear, 
what our threats are, that it always starts with us when we can be in acceptance and really see ourselves. You know, that is when our ego becomes really clear. And when our ego becomes really clear, we can start to deconstruct it. And egos are fears and threats. Fears and threats, that's all your ego is. But it's a whole persona and it's a whole person. And it's a whole way of doing things with inside your relationship that helps you feel more safe and secure because it feels fear and threat. And it feels fear and threat in things that are not threatening, that do not need to be threatening. And my stability in my relationships changed. My sense of safety, even when crap was hitting the fan, changed. When I was able to allow those fears and threats, especially the ones that weren't actually real or necessary, go and laid to rest and released. And that is death energy. And the the wise version of us, the elderly version of us, thanks us for that. Our future self thanks us. Our higher self thanks us and says, thank you for not seeing um, a piece of paper on the ground as a threat to your relationship to the point where you're going to have a fight And then that is what truly threatens the relationship. So our ego will make a mountain out of a molehill, especially when we are emotionally flooded. Okay, we're emotionally flooded. It means that our what we fear and what we we see as a threat has actually taken over our emotional experience internally. And so we just want to tap into that. We don't want to deny it. We actually want to accept that we have these emotions and that they are based on fear and threat. And then we want to decide if our actions want to uphold that ego or not. And so if I was to approach my partner, and I've done this, by the way, I mean, like, pick that up. I just cleaned. I've done that to my same partner. (laughs) You know, we we're not perfect. Um, And sometimes we do need to say like, hey, I I just cleaned, you know, Um, in the particular moment I'm thinking of, it was literally a piece of garbage and he threw it down near the garbage. And I was like, excuse me, like, I mean, I said it laughingly because that's my attitude was like, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't pick that up. And we had a good chuckle and um, smacked his ass and things. And so, um, you know, I'm mostly Sagittarius. So on the day to day, you know, I talk things through with humor and amusement and silliness. Um, But on this particular day, it wasn't garbage. It was, it was just something anyone would put on the ground. And um, I had to stop and, and I had to be like, whoa, it's really almost insane that I think that this box of, um, you know, carbonated, beverages that are on the ground is a threat to my relationship. Why is this a threat to me? Why is this a threat to my emotions? Why is this a threat to my relationship? And in that pause, I had to ask myself, is this a real threat? And do I want to treat it as a threat? Do I want to act it out? And the answer was no, I don't. 
I don't want to give myself proof that that was a threat. The moment we act it out, even if it's acted out in a nicer way, we still prove to ourselves that that thing was a threat to us. And so there are things that we might feel threatened by that aren't, aren't any longer a threat. And the reason that thing is a threat to me is because I had a parent who is really critical about mess. And so I had to ask myself, do I want to become that person? You know, and do, do I want to act out an old relationship that didn't work with my new person? You know, and not, I'm still, obviously I still have parents, but like I didn't want to act out the same dynamic. And that's really with Queen of Cups, we're so flooded with our emotional past that we forget that that's long gone. And death tells us, let us lay that to rest. Let us become the new version. Let us become, like act out only the things that our higher self are like, yes, actually this is a real threat. And actually moving forward, I want you to treat it as a threat. And then there are things that we need to ask ourselves, actually, is this a threat? Or is this an old relationship, an old dynamic with with someone else? And if it's really not a threat, that's when we go to our journal. You know, that's the moment like I, I paused and I did nothing. And later on, I just, I didn't journal, but I, I've journaled a long time. Um, and if you're beginning, journal it out. Um, but the process is trying today to notice one of those moments. You know, somebody says something, somebody does something, the world offers you something, something goes wrong with your work. And ask yourself, is this really a threat to me? Is it really a threat? And if it's not, then we get to pause and either do nothing. Like sometimes we just say nothing. Can we sometimes like I did in the one instance, can we approach it with a light, soft heart? Be amused, um, be truthful, but not be critical. Can we be kind? Hmm. How can we approach that? And then if it is something that's really not a threat, it's really worth writing down, you know, what does it threaten for you? For me, um, things on the ground really threaten my, my peace and my spaciousness. I really enjoy spaciousness. And my partner reflected that, you know, it's, it's good to have a clean space. He likes it too. He said, but there's something within us that if things are a mess and we think that's a huge issue, why is it affecting us that much? And I, I've really learned a lot from that reflection. And he really was able to reflect that to me, that I can still have peace if things are out of order. And that it's really worth it for the rest, like for my future self to deal with that issue within me. 
And the way I deal with that is I have to act as if. And so when I look at the pile of clothes across from me, now I'm, I'm on, this might be something else for you, by the way, but I want to talk about it through my experience, but this may be something else that's going on between you and a partner or you and people or you and a coworker or you and a friend. You know, I'm looking at a messy room right now and I don't feel the urge to clean it because I know actually I can still center the things I want to do today and I don't have to let that become all-consuming and be a threat. When it's a threat, I have to act on it. I have to be queen of cups in her downfall. When it's a threat, I have to react because that's my only safety. But actually, when things feel a threat, what we can do is we can come in with death energy. Scorpio will go down deep. It will start to understand our motivations. And it will ask us if we'd like to live a different life. If we would like to live a life where that thing is not a threat to us. And if so, it asks us to act out something different. To act as if that's not a threat. And that can feel hard. And if you still need to honor yourself, do the self-talk to honor yourself. I really get that this feels threatening. I understand. Here's why it's not. Here's why we can go on with our day and not worry about that and not fixate and not obsess and not try to control that. Here's what we can go do instead. And that's what the true response is. The true response is, do I even want to respond? Is it in my best interest? And is it a vote for who I want to be and what I want to be threatened by? You know, there are times when I used to lock the the car door as soon as I got in. And I, I started to stop doing that unless my intuition really told me to. Because what I was due is I was proving to myself that I was, my, my literal physical safety was threatened everywhere I went. Everywhere I went, even, even the superstore parking lot. I was, I was in physical threat there. And I was realizing what that was, what kind of effect that was having on me. And the things I wouldn't allow myself to do because of it. And so now I still trust my intuition around my physical safety, but I don't lock the doors in the grocery parking lot anymore when I'm in the vehicle, you know, unless my intuition goes off for something. And so that's the difference. And it really starts to change our life when we start acting out that things are things that actually logically are not a threat. We have to start showing ourselves through our actions that we're willing to release it. You know, death card, there's a release, but there's an action of release. And the action is we did something different. And our innocent child self thanks us for releasing that threat so it doesn't have to keep growing into it. And our future self, our wise self, our crone, just worships us that we made that decision so they can become the person they're becoming. And our relationship people, will our relationships will slowly very slowly improve if we practice this i this has worked in my own life maybe it won't work for you i will make space for that but let me claim it as mine it has worked for me 
And so watch where you're flooded by emotion today. And even just learning the pause is the first step. And then figuring out what you're doing with that pause. What are you doing with the pause? That makes all the difference. It's not just that we pause, it's what we decide to do within that pause and what we decide to act out on in the real world. Um, that is what creates a life. That is what creates, you know, the next event that happens after that. So um, that's what I have for you today. And it's a big message. And I hope you enjoyed it. I could talk about this topic for ages, for ages. If you ever want to sit down with me and just talk about things and talk something through. And um, it doesn't have to be tarot, although we could look at it through a tarot lens. I, on my website, if you go to the tarot reading portion of my website, there is a spot for a 90-minute sit down with me. And in that sit down, we get to use it however you would like. Um, Because the way it has worked for me is people reach out and want a lot of different kinds of interactions with me. They want to pick my brain about relationship. They want to pick my brain about business. They want a really long tarot read. They want to look at different things in their charts. And so that's an option. And so I wanted to offer that because I don't talk about it too often. Um, And I, I only do a couple of these a month, if that. But if you would like one, you can head to my website and you can order one and you can, we can set that up and you can pick my brain and you can talk about your situation and we can start working through these things um, together. We can, you can bounce these ideas off me um, in a mentorship type of space. So I'll leave you with that. Um, and I hope you have a beautiful one today. Um, tend to yourself today because we're all going to feel a little emotionally flooded or we have been feeling emotionally flooded. Um, but I think today's the day we start to release this crap. (laughs) I say crap, but you know, we release all this. So, uh, I will leave you there. Have a, a just tending type of day and I will see you again tomorrow. I care about you. Bye, love. Thank you for joining me at home for our daily practice today. If you'd like deeper insight into your current energy, head over to JennaDale.com slash insight messages to order a personalized reading from me and be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening so you can join me again tomorrow. See you then. Thank you.